Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Alright, welcome back for another episode. Uh, today, it's just going to be me. I'm sorry for no episode yesterday. Yesterday was actually Easter, and believe it or not, I was hoping to actually do a podcast on Easter for you guys. Yes, I was, but I didn't have any time. I was hoping maybe I could get like a 45-minute window where I could actually do a podcast, but there was just no time. I'm sorry, I was actually trying to do a podcast for you guys on Easter. So uh, I, I try, but there's no time for me to do it. We're on the go all day, so uh, sorry about that. But it was Easter, I'm sure you guys understand. Um, today, we're going to be talking uh, all kind of Boston sports today uh, because all three Boston sports teams won yesterday in Easter. Uh, the Red Sox are getting back on track. By the way, Billy called in about them and their kind of bullpen. Uh, so we're going to get to that first, them, and then the Red Sox. They've been on winning streak lately, but Billy has a take about their bullpen. Uh, and then we're going to be talking uh, about the Bruins, Game 6, going into Game 7, and then the uh, Celtics sweep and looking ahead to probably the Bucks. So kind of just all Boston sports. So, uh, yeah, let's get to that. All right, so leading things off today, we have um, – Billy's call. So again, guys, uh, Billy is kind of our, if you're new, Billy is like our only caller. So you guys can call in on the Anchor mobile app. Uh, it's just this app that you get on your phone. You type in after the buzzer sports talk and you can send in a voice message. And as long as it's appropriate, you can, you, you can use a fake name and kind of make it funny like Billy does a little and use an accent. I don't care as long as it's appropriate. Yeah, we're fine. Uh, you, or you can make it, you know, just your regular name. It doesn't matter. Just call in and it's, it's fun. It's a, it's a fun thing to do. You can listen to yourself on the podcast and you can, I can answer your own questions. So I, I mean, it's a really cool tool. I mean, I don't know why people know. Not more people call in, but uh, yeah, thank you, Billy, for uh, continuing to call in. We, I appreciate it. Hope you keep calling in. So, uh, yeah, I'll take a listen. This is Billy from Bill Ricca, and I'd like to know what's happening with this Boston Red Sox bullpen. They are currently in 29th in the league in ERA with a 5.62. Who? The only team worse than that is the Baltimore freaking Orioles. Are you kidding me? I just don't even understand it. These guys, they're like Italian waiters out there serving out meatballs every single night. What's the deal? Are they out back eating chicken again and beers? Let me know what you think. Billy out. All right, so once again, thank you, Billy, for the call. So I looked up the stats, and it turns out the Boston Red Sox overall, their whole pitching is 29th in the league. Um, and it, Billy just told us about the bullpen. So focusing on the bullpen, they are actually 19th in the league with a 4.78 ERA. But to Billy's point, I mean, that's better than they are overall, which means the bullpen's been better than the starters. But still, that bullpen is not good. That. These numbers, they're 19th place. And if you remember at the beginning of the year when they were having all these losses, you know, we're a good third, you know, we are good 10 games in. And that bull, your bullpen was kind of on fire. I wouldn't say on fire, but they were doing good. They finally came back to earth. This bullpen coming back to earth is bottom six. Um, they, they're not good. Uh, I feel like w- what's up with this Boston Red Sox bullpen is last year, they did not have a very good bullpen either. Really, Craig Kimbrell. And Craig Kimbrell struggled, and you won the World Series. So um, 
we're kind of sitting here and Dave Dombrowski sitting here and whatnot, and we're all just saying, we won with the bullpen last year. We don't need one again. That is so hard to do in baseball. You need that good combination of hitting, pitching, and bullpen. You know, then we get to the fielding, we get to the the, the base running, the management. But really, when it comes down to it, the three key things, I'd say management too, but when it comes to the players, it's the pitch, starting pitching, the bullpen, and the batting. Right now, on paper, you have the batting and the pitching. Starting pitching, but you don't have the bullpen. So far, you've had inconsistent, but still solid hitting. Horrible starting pitching, and not so great bullpen. The bullpens came down to earth, but you just want... Three in a row. You just swept. You just swept the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, you're now nine and thirteen, so you're starting to get back. That was huge. What you just did. You beat them six to four, six to five, and four to three. So you play good baseball games. You know, not blow them out once. Um, which I don't know if that's good or bad. You know, but it. No, I. I think it shows that the Rays still played competitive baseball. The Rays were not great, but you played pretty well. Your starting pitching was in command. If you let up. In ERA, that's an ERA of four. I'll take it. Considering how we've done this year, I'll definitely take that. Um, so, I mean, Billy, I, I mean, this this bullpen has struggled. On paper, it's horrible. You gave up Joe Kelly, which I didn't even mind. I did not mind. Joe Kelly had a good postseason, but so did Steve Pierce. I haven't even seen Steve Pierce play this year. I haven't, I haven't seen him. Has, has Steve Pierce played yet? Like, so that that's my point. I'm not going to look it up. But you have my point. Tons of guys go on these runs, and we see a lot of good players just fall off in the playoffs, and a lot of uh, you know smaller players step up and get the big deal. Uh, like Joe Kelly didn't get a huge deal, but like Craig Kimbrell's still out there. I want Craig Kimbrell back on a one-year deal. I want him back. Uh, his, what he wants for money is ridiculous. He's not getting that. But sign him back on a one-year deal, and he walks. Okay, that, that's how it should be. You have the money to sign him back on a one-year deal. I don't know when he's finally going to get signed, but you obviously need to save up money for some of these other guys. But if you sign Craig Kimbrock to one year, you're still a championship contending team. Even if you're in the hunt for the playoffs, you take Craig Kimbrell. If you're, you know, the Orioles or the Marlins, you're not taking Craig Kimbrell. There's just no point. You're kind of trying to lose games, tanking. Um, so, I, I mean, this bullpen has been uh, horrible. If you look at it overall, I, I don't know what the average is. Um, the average in Major League Baseball for the relievers, so so far the average in Major League Baseball is 78 innings pitched. Your bullpen has pitched 84.2 innings. So you're you're 6.2 over the average, and that's not horrible. But for the beginning of the year, you don't want to burn out your bullpen that already on paper is not very good. Um, and that's not good. That your bullpen, I mean, that just shows the starting too. So to your point, uh, Billy, you said the bullpen has struggled. The starting pitching mid even the worst. You said the um, the ERA overall is 5.62. So it shows overall your starting pitching bullpen is combined for 29th place in the league. So you were talking about that number was actually starting pitching and bullpen. So to here, you, it's fine. I mean, you, you have a point. You don't even – you said the wrong stat and you still have a point. This Red Sox bullpen is bad. They're bad on paper. Lately, they've came back down to earth and been what we've expected, bottom six, bottom five bullpen in the league. They're bad. They are bad. And something needs to happen, whether we make a trade or we just sign someone off the street. I mean, Craig Kimbrell on a one-year deal. Like, do that, and then he's gone. He's gone for good after the one year. 
please. I mean, I don't know why we can't do that. I mean, maybe there's something going on uh, behind the scenes that we don't know. Maybe he just, you know, he's looking for something long-term. Because, you know, with those guys, you know, maybe they get a little scared saying, you know, a guy like Craig Kimbrell saying, I can make big bucks. I don't want to sign some one-year deal, end up blowing out my arm, and then go up for cheap dollar next year. So I'm sure he wants something long-term for a good amount of money. He doesn't want to go on there for, you know, cheap money. So, sorry, it's a little repetitive. Uh, but, I mean, that's my take on the Red Sox bullpen. Uh, thank you for the call, Billy. Uh, hopefully you call back in. But I- I'm telling you, I think they're Red Sox starting to get back on track, but that, that bullpen has to scare you. Uh, so call in your thoughts on the Red Sox, their bullpen, whatever you want. I, I tell you, you guys can – Call in on anything uh, sports-related. Again, just make sure it's appropriate. Uh, and I'll throw it on the show. Again, any suggestions, just tell me at the end. It's just a suggestion. You don't want it on the show. That's just totally fine. Um, so, again, anything. So, uh, yeah, thank you, Billy, for the call. And now we're going to move on to the Bruins. All right, so last night the Boston Bruins went into Toronto in one 4 2 Um and forced the game seven going back to Boston. And um, I was very happy. I watched the game because I uh, went to Easter party. I watched the Celtics as they were kind of wrapping up, turned on the Bruins. I mean, that was that was the that was the day. Watched the whole Bruins game. It was a good game. Um, but something I want to point out before we really get into this, that Colin told us it was we're going into game, I think, six or five or something. And he said, look, there's been a pattern. The Maple Leafs win, then the Bruins, and the Maple Leafs and the Bruins. And I said, oh, yeah, I think that's just – it happens. It's just superstition, you know, like uh, – or just a coincidence, not superstition, coincidence. But now that I think about it, by now, ga- six games in, is this really a coincidence by now? Or is this just this Bruins team can't take charge, they're just good responders? Oh, all right, we're down 1-0. We need to respond. But they can't take charge. They have not won two games in a row. They have not been able to take charge of the series. All they do is respond. And I thought of it every single game that this pattern continued. I thought by the time last by the time game 5 happened, I started to think, you know what? Yeah. This team just responds well. Really. They can't take charge of the series. So that's my problem with them is I'm still not sold they're going to win the series. I never said they were. But then again, this Maple Leafs team always show every time you face them, Maple Leafs in game seven, you always find a way to win. But I don't know if this is the same case this year. Like, we'll see. Like, Rask has been much better. Like, yesterday, uh, 22 saves on 24 shots isn't bad, but it isn't phenomenal. I'd say Frederick Anderson actually was better than him. He only let in three goals. The last goal is an empty netter. Um, Frederick Anderson faced 40 shots, uh, 37 saves. So, I mean, I don't know what to say about that. I'd say Frederick Anderson was better. Remember, he had that save. Uh, it was Bergeron. Bergeron was in the front of the net, right? It's late in the game. Bergeron's in the front of the net. He didn't get enough on it, and Anderson made that great glove save. I mean, that's just an example. Like, Rask wasn't bad, but Anderson was better yesterday. So, I mean, I'm not something against Rask. Also, another problem I had was why was Tory Krug taking nine shots? He did have that goal, which was pretty nice. That was a good key part of the game. But nine shots on goal for Tory Krug. I know he's an offensive defenseman. He's your best offensive defenseman. But he's nothing thrilling. 
And why is he taking nine shots? So I just have a problem with that. I'm okay with Pasta not taking five. Martian taking six. Bergeron taking four is fine with me. But Krug taking nine. Any player taking nine shots. If someone's taking nine shots on your team, it should be Martian or Pasta or not. I wouldn't even say Bergeron. Bergeron is a goal scorer, but not like Martian and Pasta knock. Tory Krug say, like, Tory Krug, he can score some goals. Like, for a defenseman, he's not that bad. But game six... We're letting Tory Krug take nine shots. And again, he scored. He was not bad, but why is he taking nine shots? So, again, that was just a, just a question I had. Why why is he taking nine shots? And I, I also felt like I didn't see Charlie Coyle, who's actually been good in the series. No, sh- I remember seeing him, like, skate. That's it. That's all I remember yesterday from him. He didn't really do a whole lot. Um, and then the Maple Leafs, Austin Matthews. That kid's something else. He had one of your goals. Uh, Morgan Riley had that first goal. Um, but seriously, can can we take charge of the series or we're we just going to respond? Because if you're just a good responding team, you're not going to win. Because if you're just good at responding, then you're going to lose the series 3-4, to four, which is what it's looking like right now. We need to break that pattern. Because if they lose, it proves to me they're just a good responding team, at least this year. Not usually, but this year. Yes, that was, that's, that's the case. Uh, I want You need to take charge of the series because if you don't, you're, you're gone. You're walking home as a first-round exit. You know how disappointing that is? But you've, you've dominated the Maple Leafs in Game 7. Like you, historically, the Maple Leafs should not, not feel very good walking into this game. But I, want, I have a question for you guys so that I'm going to answer. Since this Maple Leafs team is such a young team, is getting out of Toronto and playing in Boston a bad thing? Because I feel like the pressure has gotten to them in those Toronto games. Some of them. Like yesterday, I like those pressure. You know, it's Easter Day. You know, you're an underdog going into the series. So you've got this hungry Toronto fan base. They were putting some good pressure on those young guys. These guys are young. There, it's Easter Day. Let's take home the series on Easter. I felt like there's some pressure on them. So if they go to Boston, does that relieve some pressure? Is that actually okay thing? Like obviously home, home, uh, home advantage. I don't even want to say home court, but home ice. Uh, you know, it's obviously a good thing, but I feel like there's some pressure for the, for those young guys. You know, it's big Easter Day. These this is a hungry fan base. Really, like come on, let's win this game. Bring it home in six, please. Let's go. But, I mean, I felt like there was some pressure there to it because these guys are so young. I don't know. I keep. I feel like I'm, I keep – something I need to work on is I repeat myself too much, and I felt like I just did that five times. I uh, said the same thing just in different form. But I'm working on it. All right. But seriously, Colin, do you think uh, – if you want to answer that question again, anything else, any questions you have for me, I'll – keep saying it. Uh, but seriously, I think that's not the worst case scenario to play this game in, in, in Boston. It's not ideal because it's Boston and you obviously want home ice, but it takes some pressure off these guys. And I think that's way to factor, actually. I do. Um, so, yeah. What do you guys think? Um, that's my uh, take on the Bruins. Uh, I hope they win Game 7, but I, I'm still undecided. I want to hear you know a little more uh, I want to hear, you know, maybe, you know, anything else. I just haven't made my pick yet. Uh, you'll probably hear my pick tomorrow. Tomorrow. Actually, yeah, because tomorrow is a problem because when I usually do my podcast, by the time you guys hear it, the game's probably going to be over because I do them late, and you guys probably hear them, like, the next morning. So, 
Well, you'll hear my pick and see if it's right or wrong. <laughs> so it's not a big deal. So uh, yeah, now I'm going to uh, go over to the Celtics. All right. So yesterday, the Celtics pulled off the sweep in Indiana, beating the Pacers one ten to one oh six. One hundred ten to one oh six. Um, this is obviously great, phenomenal news. Um, to hear a sweep, sweep the Pacers. Um. Gordon Hayward was phenomenal yesterday, especially down the stretch. I, uh, Gordon Hayward, he's looked better, definitely of late. Uh, Marcus Morris stays inconsistent, scores 18 points, which is a good thing, but eight, eight rebounds, well, this guy's just so inconsistent. Uh, Terry Rozier was solid off the bench yesterday. Uh, Tatum had a good game. Horford was solid, way better on the rebounds than usual. Baines, eh, eh he could have done better. Irving wasn't even phenomenal yesterday. He was all right, especially down the stretch. Uh, Brown was solid. I'll take that performance from him. But I'd say your best player yesterday was, uh, it's it's tough. It's tough. But I'm, I'm going to give it to Gordon Hayward just because I feel like it. I don't know. Um, but I think this series really taught us something. When it comes to playoff time, you need stars and closers. The Pacers did not have either of those. No one – they're horrible in that fourth, fourth quarter. Second half, fourth quarter, the Pacers choked every single game. It always end up close, but the Celtics would come back late third quarter, early fourth quarter. Pacers go on, maybe a little run, the Celtics just totally run away with the game. Um, Bojan Bogdanovic wasn't bad. Like, you get all these things, but they don't have a closer. They don't have a star. Bogdanovic is the rest player. He's not a star. Bogdanovic is not a star. He's coming off the bench before all. Is he still? I don't. I don't know. I don't think he is. Thirty-seven minutes. Yeah, most on the team. I don't think he is. But you know my point. They don't have a closer. They don't even have a star. The Celtics have both of those things. They have Kyrie Irving as a closer and a star. They one player. Kyrie Irving is one of the best closers in the league, and he's a top, probably a top ten player in the league, at least top twelve. So, and you know, I, I mean. Yeah, you know, you have some borderline guys like Tatum Horford, Hayward when he's playing well as a star. Um, you have a few borderline guys. But the Celtics have both a star and a closer. The Pacers have neither. With Oladipo, how much different is the series? Do so the Pacers even win the series? The Pacers may end up with a three seed. Like, things are totally different, but I'm not playing what ifs right now. If you guys want to call in about that, fine. But I'm not going to play what ifs because that's a whole different episode, a whole different thing. But yesterday, I didn't even think the Pacers played horrible until the end. Like, the Celtics, one thing that I want to say, 34 free throws. 34 free throws. That's great. Um, if, you, if you've if you been listening to the podcast, even for just like two weeks, even if you were just listening with only a few games left in the regular season, you know I ranted on the amount of free throws. They'd get like eight free throws. The max they get like 17, which is under the average. They never get over the average in like one game. So yesterday they really get into the free throw uh, line. I uh, saw so Gordon Hayward taking it to the hoop. That was good um, and all that. I thought the turnovers were a little absurd. 16 against that basic team. Come on. But they're not. They're actually a solid defensive team, but still. 16 turnovers, you sound like the Brooklyn Nets. Um, but you really outshot them yesterday. Uh, you went 11 from 28 from three. They went 10 for 28, but really from the field. You both made 36 free throws, but you took 10 le- uh, You both made 36 field goals, but you took 10 less field goals. You're just much more, much more efficient than them. Uh, but I don't even think – I just think, really, it's just that having that star, having that closer, uh, and towards the end of the game, you knew they were winning. They went on like that 15-2 to two or 15-6 to six run at the end of the game, which is crazy. Uh, absolutely phenomenal. In that last quarter, 
it was a high scoring quarter, but 37 to 34. So you didn't kill them in the fourth quarter. They actually started the fourth quarter out not that bad. And then you just ran away with the game at the end. So it shows you need the stars, you need the closers. They don't have it either. The stars are the main priority. But if you don't have a closer, that was the Spacers team's problem. Even if, if Bogdanovich could just be a closer, they win a game or two. So, you know, the pace, you need a star. Stars before closers, yes, probably. You know, you know, it's actually kind of debatable. But if Bogdanovich even is just a closer, like he plays the same way and can just close it out in that fourth quarter, they might win a game or two because they just had no one down the stretch. You know, you'd have a guy chip in here and a guy chip in there, but it wasn't anything. Your defense would just collapse. Your offense couldn't make a basket, you know, maybe, you know, Tyreek Evans hits a shot, and then Bogdanovich hits a layup, and that was like it. You didn't have a true closer. You know, a guy makes a shot, that's great. If I went out there and made a three, am I a closer? No. If you make one shot, that's great, but you're not a closer now. They just didn't have a, anyone that could close out those games. They didn't have a star. Uh, Bogdanovich isn't a star either, but he didn't have to be. If he was just a closer, they. This is. I think the series is still going on. Uh, I think the series is either tied 2-2 two to two or the Celtics are up 3-1. to one. But you at least take a game if Bogdanovich is even just a closer. Someone on that team can go in and close out a game. And Bogdanovich has that potential because he can just hit some shots, but he's just not there yet. He He's still meshing into this role as the star of the team, which is crazy to think that this guy came off the bench and now all of a sudden is the star. It's, I mean, you know, you got like Lou Williams, but um, I mean, seriously, who else is going to do it? But they kind of just, they're a team of role players, really. Uh, you're not going to get far in the playoffs. The Pacers uh, showed us that. Colin actually got this prediction right. He predicted the Celtics would sweep the Pacers. So now this gives the Celtics time to prepare for the Bucs. The Bucs are going to win the series. I predicted they lose, uh, they'd win 4-1 to because I thought the Pistons would steal game four because uh, the Bucs are just a young team. They look ahead to game to the next round. Then all of a sudden the Pistons would steal a game in Detroit. Um I'm not sure if that's going to happen, but actually, if it does, I'm actually going to be pretty proud that you predicted that that would happen. Like, who who actually thinks about that? I did. I was just like, you know what? I think the Pistons will do this, but again, I'm not saying they will. But if they do, I'd actually be pretty happy just to see uh, the, the Bucks have to go through one more game but just to get that prediction right. And then you also get more time to prepare for the Bucks. You see a few of their weaknesses. Um that the Pistons might exploit in this game, and maybe then just looking ahead. But you, it gives you more time to prepare than them. And that's something. An 82-game season is not easy. Now you're going into the playoffs. The shorter the series, the better. You know, the more days off you can get. So if the Bucks now all of a sudden lose tonight and have to prepare for another game, have a, a day off to prepare, they have to prepare, and then they have to play another game, you're tacking on two days to that schedule. You're two days kind of ahead of them. You're two days more rested, more mentally ready for that series. Um, so that's great. I mean, their series is going to be short anyway. They'll probably be ready by the time because they're going to have to wait a while anyway. Yeah, it's going to be a while till the Celtics play. But, you know, just any advantage you can get, especially the Bucks. They've been – I think if both teams are clicking, the Celtics are better. But – I don't know. I, I think that it's any, this good series could go either way, really. Don't count the Celtics out. Don't count the Bucks out. Uh, I thought the Bucks would be, you know, the Bucks have proved me wrong a little. I thought they'd be good, but, you know, they're still kind of young. But literally, these past two years, I think that's enough experience. Right? Guys like Giannis and Chris Middleton, even Eric Bledsoe last year. So, you know, 
they they gave you a run last year, but last year they weren't the same team. You weren't the same team. Hayward and Irving were missing for you. They they were just their players were you know downgrades of what they are this year. So it's going to be interesting. It'll definitely be a good six seven game series for sure. Uh, and it's going to be frustrating. It's going to be good, but I'm I'm interested to see how this ends. But again, I want to see uh, any injuries pop up. Uh, I don't make my predictions till I really have to, and I don't. I don't have to. Um, I know they're going to end up facing the Bucks. Pistons really aren't going to win. Sorry, Pistons fans, if any of you are listening. It's just tough. It's tough. Uh, you should probably trade Blake Griffin or Reggie Jackson, too. Maybe a good idea. Uh, but uh, just rebuild. Just rebuild. Shoes away. you like the Hornets. You can't choose. But, sorry. I got a little off topic there. But, um, seriously. I mean, this series, again, it's burgers. You need stars and closers. Pacers didn't have any. They get swept. Um, I was a little surprised. But, you know, once he won that game three, I was like, yep, series over. Wow, this was a little surprising. I thought, it, all the games were good, though. That's the thing. Looking back at this series, people was like, yeah, it was just a sweep for the Celtics. Uh, it wasn't, ex- it wasn't just a sweep. Um, let me see. Uh, here we go. Game one, 84 to 74. 10-point game. I mean, it, it, that game kind of went down to the wire. Game two, 99 to 91. The Pacers could have won that game. It was just a late choke, like a minute left. 104 to 96, that was an 8-point game, and then yesterday was a 4-point game. So all the games were, were within at least 10. All of them went down to the stretch. The Pacers just choked. Within five minutes, six minutes left in the game, all those games were, like, within five points, and the Pacers just kind of choked. Um, so, all those games were good. I don't, you know, I don't want to hear that that was a blowout of a series. It Was it? Yes. But was it, as, was it really a sweep? Yes. But it was, it was a good sweep. You know, it, it was a competitive sweep, I guess. It was competitive for two and three quarters uh, uh, of a uh, game, and then the last... Last quarter and a quarter, I guess you could say. I guess we'll say the last 15 minutes of the game just belonged to the Celtics every single game. But other than that, I mean, they were it was a solid series. Like it wasn't just blowouts, blowouts, blowouts. They were all good games to the end. So that's the best. Sweeping a team, playing like good, having it being good games. Not like you know the Bucks and Pistons right now, just sleeping through the series. Like no, no, they've been, they've been, they were good like games. So they were enjoyable to watch, and you won. So I'll take that any day. But um, sorry, we got a little repetitive today. I don't know why. No calling today. So again, please call in on the Anchor Mobile app. Ooh, a little bit of a short episode today, but nothing, nothing bad. Um, yeah. So again, Anchor Mobile app. Please call in. Really appreciate it. Hopefully, Billy calls back in and whatnot. Uh, we also had Charles calling once. I wouldn't mind if it was him, but Billy. I like Billy. Uh, so yeah. Uh, thank you guys for uh, listening, and I'll uh, see you next time.